You are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. God, we just thank you today for your presence. Thank you that you're here. Thank you, Lord, for your breath in our lungs. Lord, we thank you for your healing power. Lord, we thank you that you hear us when we pray, and your ears are not deaf to our cries. So, God, we Come once again to you, and I thank you that you never get tired of us coming to you, or we come to you and ask for your grace, we ask for your mercy, we ask for you to reveal your heart and your word to us. Lord, we just ask you to speak now, and as we ask you to speak, we pray for open ears and open hearts open eyes to see what you're doing, ears to hear what you're saying to us in this hour at this time. And we give you praise, even in advance, for what you are doing, what you are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as it was announced last week, uh, the elders, uh, Gary, David, and I had our annual retreat to seek the Lord, and it was very good. Um, I was actually probably a little more ill than I thought when I left, so some of that is a little bit of a blur, and now David has the flu, and Gary's back is not doing so well. So please pray for us. We're getting old, is all I can say, and it's something that happens to even the best of people. So uh, you pray for us, and we'll pray for you, okay? All right. But we did have a good time, and uh, we're still working out what the Lord is saying. Uh, it's a process. It's not a once-a-year once thing, you know, although it's good to get away once a year. Uh, what we hear the Lord saying is to continue preparing for growth and developing the infrastructure of what we're doing. So what we're doing can sustain what, what God wants to do. And so expanding leadership is something that we're always attempting to do, but uh, it's very critical right now. So uh, that's what we're praying about. And just stay tuned, because I'll be sharing as weeks go by what the Lord is saying. So... Um, Appreciate your prayers. So I have a scripture to share today, and it has to do with building the church. Building the church. I know a thing or two about building. I've been involved in a number of building projects. Thank God right this second we don't have one going on, but you never know. There's always something that could be done. 
but when God says he's building his church, he's not building a building, even though the word in scripture is about building a house. But we're the house. This is not the house, thank God. This is not the house, okay. This is a structure meant to contain the house. So we see in Matthew chapter 16, and if you're following along and on track with your one-year Bible reading, you will come across these verses about Thursday. Thursday, you will be reading these words that Jesus speaks. Uh, right now, we're talking about the life of Joseph, if you're on track, which is some of my favorite scripture, how God raises up this young man against all odds. And just the miracle provision of God, God's hand is moving in spite of man. That's the message I get from the life of Joseph. That God has a plan, and it's going on. And we see that in the New Testament as well. And I think that applies to what we're talking about today. So, in Matthew 16, verse 13, I will read the scripture. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I the son of man, am. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. Powerful words. Who do you say that I am? I think that's a question Jesus is still asking his disciples and we all need to be able to answer that as God comes to us and says who am I to you who am I and we don't need that to be revealed by human reason we need a revelation from heaven on who he is that's my prayer that we would know that, that we would see that, that we would understand actually that which is beyond understanding. Because how can we, with our very limited understandings, understand the creator of the universe? 
The more knowledge we attain, and we are at an all-time high where knowledge is being doubled and tripled and so much is being revealed. God is beyond all that. He's beyond all that. So I have three, possibly four points very quickly this morning. Number one, this should be a source of comfort to us all. God will build his church. He says it right here. I will build my church. God is the builder. And I'm thankful that he said, I will build my church. It's his church. It's his. It's not my church. I'm not saying I don't take responsibility. But I have to actually acknowledge that every single day. God, this is your church. God, these are your people. You're, you're, you're in charge, God. Because all of us, whether it's our kids or our job or whatever it is we've been given responsibility for, a project, if we are God's, and we trust him to direct our paths, then it's really his. Now that's very comforting because God can do a much better job with his church than I can, right? And, and then you can. God can do a better job with your kids than you can. Hallelujah. I'm still saying that almost 40 years after having our first kid. He's yours, Lord. <laughs> it's God's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Now, this is a great comfort, too, because, boy, mankind, we have messed up. Anything we've put our hand to has just... Yeah, the successes of mankind compared to the messes of mankind, there's a gap there. And yet God's still there, working things out, just like in the life of Joseph, in, in the life of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We call them the patriarchs. Real people, very real people. Flawed people. God will build his church. And then I got news for you. Again, th this building is not the church, not the Methodist church. They've got a very pretty classical style church. The Presbyterian church has been there for 100 years. The First Baptist church with their new youth center that's going to open up, which I'm not jealous of, by the way. And 
those are buildings. They're not going to last eternity. The church is going to last for eternity. Buildings are not going to last for eternity. I, I have to say this because we've got such a thing in our head about what the church is. Okay. God will build his church. I will build my church, and we are it. You and me are the church. Now, that's exciting. So I see some amazing potential in this room. I see some awesome men and women that God is using to build his church. And I believe, contrary maybe to what some people say, the church is better off now than ever. There's revival going on all over the world. More and more people all over the world are seeing the light. God is building his church. Now, does more work need to be done? Yes, amen. There's still lots of people who haven't heard. I believe it's God's heart to reach as many men, women, children that we could possibly reach. God's building his church, and we are it. And our generation is it. Tag. We're it. What are we going to do with that? Interesting that Jesus is speaking to Peter. Because Peter writes in the letter named after him, 1 Peter 2.5, he says, you're living stones, all of you, and you're being built up together as a house for the Lord. We are his house. We are the place where he lives. You want to know God's address? It's where you're at. So we need to walk with that awareness everywhere we go, every single day, on good days and bad days, whether we want to or not. You're marked already by him. Josiah, I got news for you. Your dad's not sitting there, so I'm picking on you. Um, <laughs> you've got a lot of family members here, right? You've got grandma, grandpa, sister, mom. Gary's in back because of his back. He, he wants to be able to stand up freely, and uh, that's good. We've got Aunt Brenda, cousin Christy, any more Barrett's here that I don't know about? <laughs> All right. Your name is Barrett. I remember Dan. I've known these guys for a long time, like 35 years. It's okay. It's a long time. All right. Whether you feel like it or not, when you wake up tomorrow, your name is still Barrett. Now, you could go to a lot of expense legally and change it to something else but you'll always be a Barrett, okay? And that's a good thing, because I have a lot of respect for that, that family. I do. It's a good thing since they're taking over. Um, 
all of us have the name of Jesus Christ written all over us once we become part of his family. We need to live like it. Amen? All right. We're his house. We are the house. And God is building his church. God is building his church. Number two, God will partner with people of faith to build his church. At what point did Jesus speak over Peter? And I believe he wasn't just speaking over Peter. He was speaking over all of us. When he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That confession or declaration makes us part of his family. Romans 10.10, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, Okay, that's, that's our salvation right there. So there's a power when we confess that. And Jesus heard Peter say that. And he says, now we're partners in building the house. God partners with you and I. He likes that. He loves that, as a matter of fact. He partners with those who have made a declaration that he is God. Now that takes a whole lot of pressure off me to know that he's God. Now when he said you're the Christ, let's translate that. What was he saying, you're the Christ, in Hebrew, Messiah? What does that mean? You're the anointed one that we've all been looking for. You see, we're all looking for a hero. We're all looking for that. Someone to swoop in. Do business and swoop out. Jesus swooped in at just the right time. And he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is the original superhero. Why do we love superheroes so much? Because we all need one. You are the anointed one. You're the one that we've all been looking for. You see, Jesus came at a very dark time in history. There had been 400 years with no prophetic voice until John the Baptist appeared on the scene. Things started happening. Now, I give up after four minutes of asking God for something sometimes. What? You didn't answer? I guess I'm going to have to figure out something on my own. Or how about 40 minutes? Have you ever prayed for anything for 40 minutes? That's a long time in prayer time. How about four days? Can you imagine praying for something for four days and it didn't come to pass? How about 40 days? That's a long time to be praying for something. How about four years? Anyone ever pray for anything for four years? Your husband? Amen. God heard your prayer. Hallelujah. 40 years. I've heard of people praying for stuff for 40 years. 
how about 400 years? Long time. I think I'd start praying for something else. Because I'd be dead. I mean, yeah. God's going to build his church. You know, how, you know how much time 400 years is to God? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. So God is looking for a people who will say he's God. The anointed one, the one we've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for and waiting for. You know, we're waiting for him to come back. And it's been, what, 2,000? And yet, to God, a day is 1,000 years, so God's like, it's been two days. What, what, what's the big deal? I'm coming back. I'm coming back soon. Be ready. Be watching. Be ready. Be prepared. I'm coming quickly, he told his disciples. Wow, he's coming back quickly. Here we are. 2,000 years later, where are you? He's coming back. God's just that way. My mom earnestly believes Jesus is coming back before she dies. I'm like, Mom, keep praying. Wow. <laughs> she's, if you know my mom, she's probably right, okay? She's... Inside track. That's my mom. Well, she just turned 82. Like, Mom. God partners with people of faith. Peter spoke words of life and truth, and we can speak those same words. And God is partnering with us. That's exciting with that declaration. Whatever you believe about what Jesus told Peter, he said, you are, first of all, he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. That was his birth name, Simeon, the son of Jonah. But in this instant, when Jesus sees the faith of Peter, or Simon, as his name was, he gives him a brand new name. He calls him Rock. He says, Simon, from this point on, you are the Rock. Wow. I kind of like that name. Hey, Rock. This sounds like a, like a lot like rock star. I mean, Peter, biblical rock star. It's a good name. But he, he actually, in his length, he called him Rock. Now, this was prophetic, of course, we know, because Peter... He acted like jello sometimes more than he acted like rock. And, and then Jesus goes on to say, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Now, I 
I've read probably 20 different commentaries. I fell asleep for 10 minutes yesterday reading commentaries about what was being said here. And I've, I've been, this is not the first time I've shared on this. So I'm not a novice on what God was trying to say here. There are many different interpretations. Uh, Roman Catholics believe Peter was the first pope, and right here proves it. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the Catholic Church was built. You can believe that if you want. It's fine. I don't have a problem with you believing that. Okay? So your neighbor next to you might have a problem with you believing that, but I don't. Okay? Whatever you believe Peter was, he could have been the first pope. He could have been just a really nice guy. Uh, he wasn't actually that nice all the time. All right. You could build a doctrine around that. I don't have to be nice for God to use me, but read the whole Bible this year. Okay. Um, some believe that he was, okay, there's two Greek words there. If you want to be a Greek geek with me today, uh, Petros, your name is Petros. That means a stone that you could pick up and throw. Your name is going to be Petros, the stone rock. And then upon the Petra, Petra is like a cliff rock, really big rock. Uh, you couldn't pick up a cliff and throw it. Most of you couldn't. Some of you might try. Uh, but Jesus was, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to throw this out, as one of the commentators said. Uh, in Aramaic, which Jesus was probably speaking, or he could have been speaking Hebrew, same word. Okay, same word. Rock, rock. Your name is Rock, and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Some people say that the rock that Jesus was going to build his church on is the profession of faith that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I think that's great. That works. I'm giving you multiple choice today. Okay, you, I'm not telling you what to believe. Aren't you happy about that? You get to decide. I'm giving you all the possible... I'm saving you the trouble of reading all 20 of those commentaries. <laughs> Unless you need a really good nap, I suggest this afternoon, whip them out. You'll be out before you know it. Okay. Upon this declaration of faith, that works for me. The, the word of God is built upon the declaration that he is the Messiah, the one we've been looking for, the Christ, the anointed one. Anointed just means to smear with oil. That's a good example. Okay, that's anointed. And we're all anointed, by the way, when we come to him. All right. Or, okay, upon this rock. Well, what's another, another name for God from Deuteronomy all the way through is he's the rock. All the way through Psalms, he's the rock. Jesus is a foundation. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that upon this foundation, he's a rock. The church, the parable of the house that was built on the 
rock. That was the word. Jesus is the word. Okay, there's a lot going on here. That's why I kind of say, if this was a multiple choice question, it would be D, all the above. Jesus built his church on all the above. Certainly he built it on Peter, who preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. Peter, who got a vision of non-Jewish people being able to come into the kingdom with a guy named Cornelius. Peter, he was there. He was a rock. Who wrote part of the New Testament? Peter. Amazing. So, he was part. It says in Ephesians that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Peter, I think, would qualify. So, it's okay. It's all right. Peter. You're a rock. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. Peter, you had a declaration of faith that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm going to build my church on that declaration. Peter, I'm the rock from which you were fashioned. The church is built on, on me. I think Jesus, he was speaking so much, and we got to get that truth. God wants to build his church on on your testimony and on my testimony. God wants to build the church on our profession of faith in him in a day and an age when people are saying there is no God. That it doesn't matter what you believe. Believe in the doorknob over there. It's okay. That can be your higher power. Well, if you want that to be your higher power, I got news for you. You're not going to go very, very far. God partners with us in building his church. And all of us have a part to play. All of us, not just the pastor. One thing we talked about on our elders retreat, what if something happened to pastor? What would we do? I pray this church is not built on me. Thank you, Diana. So she's like, thank you, glory to God. Having her own little praise party over there. I know she loves me. That's why I can say that. You know, there's got to be a plan. Because I, believe me, sinking sand, shaky, Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yuck. No. <laughs> Him. He's the one the church is built on. Our praise this morning. He inhabits, he's enthroned on the praises of his people. The word of God. I brought a Bible today. Are you proud of me? Yay, pastor brought a Bible to church. Miracles never cease. It's a worn out Bible, okay? 
I'm proud of that car. Look at this thing. I think 1991. All right. When I turned 50, I said, if I'm going to be famous for anything, it's going to be that I wore out a few Bibles. All right. Now I'm wearing out a few iPads, okay? <laughs> wearing them right out. I'm going to wear out the internet for God. The good stuff. You can't find a verse anymore? Just Google it. It'll come up in 16 different translations. And you can get the Greek, you can get the Hebrew. You can get it all. It's all on there. The internet's just not all bad. It's bad if you make it bad. Search for good stuff and you'll get good stuff. All right. Okay, let's move on. Point three. God will overpower the councils of hell. Isn't that awesome? I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, will not prevail against it. God's church us, you and I, so powerful. One of the councils of hell, the gates in biblical times were where people met to decide things. That's where transactions were done. You see that in the Old Testament. The gates of a city. Hell, or Hades, or whatever you want to call it, there is a whole kingdom that is opposed to God. That kingdom wants to take us who are declaring that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. That kingdom wants to take us down. That kingdom is opposed to us. We have opposition. Jesus here says he's going to build his church, and that opposition will not prosper. God is much wiser than the gates of hell. God has already overpowered those powers. They just haven't been completely evicted from the house yet. They have no legal authority over you as a child of God. The only authority they have is what you come into agreement with. So if hell wants to say anything that doesn't agree with God's word about you, you can say... I don't think so. I don't think so. What does God say? That's what matters. It may seem like all hell is coming against you. It doesn't matter. Jesus already took care of it. It's not going to prevail. 
It may look like it for a while. But you can rest assured that God has a plan. Why we're stuck here battling with all this, I really don't know. I probably do know, but I don't want to go into it right now. Okay. I don't have all the answers. I have a lot of answers. I know the answer. Okay, it's an open book test. <laughs> I just keep the book open, okay? <laughs> We've been left here, and we are at war. God's not at war. He's already won. But we're here engaged in battle. We've been given weapons. We've been given truth. We've been given... Armor, read Ephesians 6. We have to learn how to use those things, and we are to renew our minds according to Romans 12. But those things are not going to prosper. They're not going to be, they are not going to dictate my destiny, and they're not going to dictate yours. So don't give in. Don't give up. God is building his church. The gates of hell. The councils of hell will not prevail against it. My fourth and last point. God will use you and I in spite of ourselves. When I read this passage, you know what touched me the most? Jesus speaking to Peter and probably knowing what was to come from this rock who would one day deny him. You see, when I see God's love for Peter, I know that there's hope for even me. All of us are flawed. All of us have been known to deny him. All of us say the wrong thing at the wrong time. All of us have regrets, even after we come to Jesus. But God still loves us. He still gives us a name that nobody else can give us. I wouldn't have called him Rock. But God called him Rock. God has a name for you. And whatever you do, he's going to come back and call you by that name. And he's going to trust that you'll come back. Jesus gave Peter a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. Jesus has given me many, many chances. You see, Peter, filled and empowered with the Spirit of God, was able to see practically a whole city come to Jesus. 
Peter was able to see miracles that were called extraordinary miracles. Peter, of all people, was used of God to write part of the New Testament. After he had given up on himself, God did not give up on Peter. And God had the nerve to tell this guy, I will build my church. And upon this rock, I will build my church. So hell might be telling you all kinds of things today. You may not know why you're here today, but God does. Because God wants to build his church, and he wants to use you. Isn't that exciting? Imperfect you. Not the smartest tool in the shed, you. Or even the sharpest tool. See, I couldn't even say it right. So you, you can feel better about you. I'm the one with the microphone. You know, God loves us. He's going to build his church. He's going to use you and me. I think that it says God sits in heaven and laughs. <laughs> what he uses to confound the gates of hell. Paul said the foolish things of this world. You know, that takes a whole lot of pressure off of us, doesn't it? It does, because he's doing the work. Now, our part is to cooperate with what he's already doing. That's our part. You know, I just want to do a shout-out to the worship team today. I didn't tell them to sing Cornerstone. We haven't sung that song here in a long time. It's such a good song. He's the cornerstone. He's the one we're building on. And even if we get it wrong, he's going to come right back. And we're going to get it right. Because our eyes are fixed on him. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And you know how you and I can guarantee that God will have his way in our lives? It's so simple. I'd like to give you seven keys to success right now. Don't give up, 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 don't give up. Don't give up on God. He is not going to give up on you. He's not. He's our cornerstone. Let's stand up together. Let's just sing that song as we close today. Do we have the words to that? That would be great. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. You know, sometimes it's just good to have someone stand with you. There are times in our lives, that's why we meet together as a church. Because we hold each other up. We're here to build each other up, not tear each other down. God is building his church, and that includes you and I. So right now, as the prayer team is here, if you need prayer for whatever reason as we're worshiping, just come up. If you need healing in your body, 
Um, Cole and Lisa are excited. They'll pray anything, and it'll probably happen today. Okay, so. But God can use any of us in this room. You don't have to have a special title. You have that anointing. So, God, we just thank you today that you're doing a work, that you are building your church, that, Lord, we, as we confess who you are, you are the anointed one, you are the Messiah, you are the one that saves the whole world as we put our faith and trust in you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the cornerstone. We thank you that you're the rock. You're the stone that the builders rejected. You've now become the chief cornerstone in all that God's doing across the world. And so, Lord, we join in. We want to join in right now with what you're doing. And, God, I just pray that you'd impart vision across this place. Lord, just give us each a glimpse of what you want to do. Help us to see ourselves as you see us. Lord, very humbly to know that we're part of the plan. <laughs> because we're your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that the gates of hell, the councils of hell, anything that the enemy has planned for us, God, we don't want to come into agreement with that. And so we trust you today to do what you want to do. In Jesus' name, 